Let's restart. There we go. Well, 11 seconds in. I'm getting my hat in here. Hold on. Okay. All right, guys. Welcome to Crush This Monster Monster Truck Podcast presented by High Octane Coffee and J Concepts. Once again, thank you for Joe Sylvester and High Octane Coffee uh, down in Youngstown, Ohio, and Canfield, Ohio, making some awesome coffee products. Go take a look at their stuff. Uh, man, from I think Formula Vanilla to their famous Bad Habit Full Octane Coffee. Go take a look at that stuff. Awesome stuff. The uh, C2 uh, ice cream, brownies, uh, cookies, uh, you name it. They got it uh, for a cafe. It's pretty cool. What's going on, Gregory? J Concepts. Uh, they did a Monster mon- mon- um, Monster uh, Monday. Go take a look at that, their stuff. Top of the line products from J Concepts, from the classic Chevy body, monster truck bodies, the Ford. Uh, they represent the Bigfoot monster truck brand, USA One, uh, and also the Samson brand. Go take a look at that stuff. The brand new Firestorm racing tires have came out. Uh, go take a look at that stuff, too. Uh, awesome stuff to do. The regulator chassis. If you're interested in a retro monster truck, that's one place to start. Clod-based monster trucks for the RC world. Go take a look at jconcepts.net. Also, here, take a look. We got some cool merchandise. Got my crush this hat on with, oh, this way, the big bat and blown right there. That's the shirt also. Go take a look at that. That helps support the podcast and everything they have done. Go to crush-this-a-monstertruckpod.myspreadshop.com. Go take a look at that. Help out. They have also hoodies, decals, cups, uh, new designs coming out in the beginning of the week. I mean, actually, in the month of next year. Uh, Brad's getting married here soon, I think, next week. Yeah, so give some love to Brad. He's getting ready to get some marriage here. He's going to be a Mr. and Mrs., so take a look at that stuff too. Um, Justin Stories, making tracks. Uh, Go ahead and right here, guys. Here's the booklet, $10 a pop. Good stuffing stocker, stocker, yeah, stuffing stocker. For your stuff for the kids, it's awesome. Ten dollars a pop. Message Justin, and that's what books also on Amazon.com. Making tracks, and I think also it's audio. So, uh, that's some cool stuff right there, guys. And uh, much much love from Justin Stories and what his product is. Uh, Back Channel Productions produce some awesome content on YouTube. Their video will be here on soon, so take a look at that video that's going to be coming up here before our program basically starts to start right now. But the intro, go to Back Channel Productions on YouTube. Some awesome stuff. MTRC, Monster Truck Racing League by Kobe Marshall, who also does our intro. Much love for him also. Uh, He's doing some quick videos and stuff like that on YouTube. And some classic racing. My truck, Big Boss, just recently was on. Much love for that, too. Uh, man, uh, what else do we have here? Six Beer Apparel. I just po- posted uh, some hoodies. We also got some crew shirts, exactly like you see in the Monster Jam. Monster truck teams that were represent Six Beer Apparel. 
that's the same exact products. They're a little bit more expensive than what you get from the spread shop. But if you want authentic stuff that the real guys use that you see at the shows and stuff that, but it has our podcast logo on it, it helps us out big time guys. So, I mean, yeah, they're a little bit expensive. It's a hundred dollars a pop, but, um, six B does an awesome job and it's another thing too. So if you guys could show more love for that also be much obliged, uh, JB scale graphics, Another group that's rising to the top right now in the Monster Truck RC world. Uh, they're doing a lot more with Paul Wolf and AJ Stroudemeyer from Ten Foot. They do some uh, Pro 4 and some racing stuff that they do, like King of the Hammers and stuff. Excuse me. Fisher License, Bad Habit, Bigfoot, Overkill Evolution, Obsessed, and many more. They do They do fantastic jobs on their flags. I am a sponsored driver, too, so... Oh, man, uh, go ahead and go to you know jbscalegraphics.com, pick up some merchandise from them, make your RC trucks look pretty awesome. Also, they just debuted the brand new Snakebite front clip with decals too. So you can either be the green, red, or make your own version of Snakebite, but it clips onto the front of any body that uh, even J Concepts or ProLine makes. So go take a look at that at JB Scale Graphics. Well, guys, and Hall Brothers Racing, they're the ones, I can't find it, but if you see these logos on the Monster Truck chassis or sponsor panel, that's from us trying to help promote the podcast, and I can't help out what, what you know, Hall Brothers Racing have done. They help us pay for those things, and uh, it's cool to have one of the elite teams in the Monster Truck world support us. So, uh, once again, Hall Brothers Racing, thank you. Go Raminator.com, uh, Ram.com, uh, the help out in those matters, too. I think uh, anyone else I have to tell, think about this. Bradley Shaw's designs, uh, man, top, uh, becoming pretty good. The Monster Truck and Motorsports World, designers of the American Scout, Stomper, uh, Guardian Angel, um, many more to come. Mega Mud Trucks, once again, Hit up Bradley Shaw. He'll probably make some cool designs for you and uh, go from there. But, guys, thank you so much for the love and support. Uh, we're about to start here in our intro area. And then uh, if you have any questions, feel free to ask Mr. Christopher Allen. He's our guest for today, the curator and host of the International Monster Truck Hall of Fame and Museum in Butler, Indiana. So we are going to start off with our intro and stuff like that but guys thank you so much for what you guys have done and uh we'll get this uh uh go from there so here we go and uh ask for the the if you want decals go to our spread shop right there.com and uh order yourself some if you want uh get two of them uh and they're on on our little website right there so uh yeah and uh here we, 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 uh, I believe we had some <laughs> decals, but I think they're like $5 a pop, but, uh, I, I think I'm running, I think I have some more of those, but we're going to go ahead, but it's easier just get our spread shop to order some. So, um, just go there. That helps. So, all right, here we go. Oh, my God. 
isn't your typical motorsports podcast. You're listening to Crush This, a monster truck podcast presented by High Octane Coffee and J Concepts. A show where we take you inside the minds of your favorite drivers, past and present, of the monster truck industry. And now, your hosts, Bradshaw and Dan Chichagash. Buckle in. The show starts now. Hey, hey, once again, welcome guys to the Crush This Podcast. Uh, man, I have to say is uh, welcome again, Brad. You're getting married here soon. But man, Chris, how's it going? Uh, man, it's been a pretty wild adventure this year. You just recently just got done uh, in November with the new inductees of the 2022 uh, International Monster Truck Hall of Fame with uh, Steve Hess, uh, Steve Combs, uh, Charlie Mancuso, and Don Maples. Man, uh, talk about the experience uh, about this year's uh, group and something that maybe someone hasn't had a chance to go to the Hall of Fame can expect to it. And yeah, again, geez, thanks again for having me. And here at the INTM, we want the, the Hall of Fame to be a bucket list, can't miss event from event for monster truck fans everywhere. It was so much, much fun. Not the Hall of Fame isn't always fun, don't get me wrong. But at the same time, and it has this family reunion type of feel to it for the benefit of those who had the misfortune never been to the Hall of Fame. Is yeah, I personally have it feels so much to me because I get to interact with and meet and um, not only some of my childhood heroes, but I am also guys, guys and gals that, that were just there in the day. And yeah, and yeah. If you had told eight-year-old, seven-year-old me that the guys that I would look up to and idolize on videos and TV, I would be meeting with and hearing the stories, and yeah. Eight-year-old old, old me, he would have just fainted with excitement. It, it's just incredible feeling going to the Hall of Fame and seeing these people. So let's go a little bit in depth. Now you're kind of the curator and and also you know the it, part of now the Hall of Fame and Museum. So did you understood how much the prep before the program happens? I know we were me, I was I've been there. You know, um, you know, you as a fan going there, but but for yourself, were you kind of shocked or kind of were you surprised about the preparation of, let's just say, the 2022 Hall of Fame and what it took to get everything going? It wasn't so much of a so much of a surprise as as it was a reality check. Yeah, uh, now going going all those years as a fan, yeah, uh, I'm. And seeing all the decorations and videos playing, I I thought I had a general idea in my head of how much it was. Keyword there, I thought I did because and again Daniel, I actually moved here February 2021, so 2022 Hall of Fame. It was my second go around contributing to the everything to the preparations and and the build up for it. My sophomore year, you could say. But again, just night night and day difference of being a spectator versus you know, contributing contributing to building it up. I uh, I had a total reality check of an uh, awful lot of work, and uh, to get uh, to get things done and, and and going being part of the museum versus going a fan. By the way, benefit those wondering, 
Got my snake bite t-shirt on on today. And by the way, Daniel, I'm just gonna get this over with dress elephant in the room quick as I can. No, I don't know who Kirk Copperhead is. I have never seen his face. I do know he's not me. I wish people would stop making that assumption. I'm serious here. All right. Well, we have uh we have a couple of snake bite fans on the chat right now and they're they're trying to do their conspiracies on you, Chris. But uh no, 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 Mr. Copperhead here. But uh, actually, we're going to go uh, back in time here. We actually have our first fan question here for you. And it's going to be uh, Sean Green. Uh, he said, uh, Chris, what was your first monster truck memory? Hey, uh, hey, uh, oh, easy. That's, it. That's it. my first, first monster truck memory has to go back to my very first show. And it's at age four at the Kansas, Col which, at the Kansas Coliseum in Wichita, Kansas. My folks and I were living there at that time. And... There's a Thunder National show. So for you Thunder Nationals fans out there, there's a little positive thing for you. There are four trucks there. Charlie Pawkin, Excalibur, and you have Jeff Cook in the War Wagon, and Kirk Dabney, Extreme Overkill, and Andy Hoffman in the Nightmare. Those were those four trucks. And just typical Thunder National layout, two sets of cars, and the first truck out there, is Jeff Cook in the war wagon. And and back then, my parents were just going to make four-year-old me feel good. They weren't fans at the time. But, oh, was that about to change? You got Jeff Cook, war wagon. Go out there. He hit the cars. Goes in the air. Crashing down on them. And it drives off. And my mom goes, oh! And my, and my mom's jaw dropped. And then dropped. And that, that's how it all got started. Three of us were hooked. And, and yeah. And, and, yeah. Some things have changed. Others haven't. Yeah. Well, we got to go with this right now. The chat's getting ready to go with uh, some uh, slithering information here. Uh, your arch nemesis. Uh, some people are saying Dustin Diamondback is on the chat too. So uh, we all know what's going on there, but we'll see what other information unfolds in this chat right now. Yeah. So you were always a West, you're out in West uh, Arizona for quite a few years, uh, most, most of your life. Um, you know, you're going to these shows out west. You see your common heroes like Terry Woodcock or Jack Herberna, uh, the Sturge Surges. Uh, you see those monster truck guys, and then and then you uh, go ahead and uh, you know you you you. When did you and your dad start exploring more of the monster truck territory? Uh, was it, has it always been like that with you and your dad or, um, you know, well, how was that experience like for you? I'd say we started expanding our territory as media for the monster blog. Granted, this number of years ago. I don't know how many people remember this, but we, and, uh, we were the Allen report on the monster blog and, uh, and, uh, we first joined in, tw in 2008, and we were there through the glory years, glory years, you could say, first getting the Allen Report name in 2018. And, and so we started exploring and going to all kinds of different places out of necessity because as I, my father would take his photos. And, 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 first of all, shout-out to my father, Jim Allen, for everything he does, all driving and photography and all that. Th thanks for what you do, Dad. And then, of course, I would take notes following the show, race bracket scores, what have you. We'd go home, and I and I type that into a written summary. I'd combine my written summary of the show, father's photos. We send it off to the monster blog, and 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 we start as and 
Then we would do that and Ross would publish it, but said, stay out for, watch out for X show and on Y date. And I was like, oh, uh, so, so we got to go to that show now because Ross is advertising us. And so we started doing, doing this out, out of necessity. And biggest difference right now is that it's not so much the media side anymore, but I, I'm an announcer now, I guess. So where we started. Oh, we get to that about, yeah. Go ahead, Chris. Sorry. Go ahead. A little it's bit of a delay. Up. Right, but we started then. You know, we started expanding our horizons, seeing a lot of different people, out of necessity rather than by choice, because the monster blog wanted us to do is do this type of thing. So you you're doing your traveling. Your dad's doing the photography and stuff like that. Is that how you got informed? Was it through Ross about this International Monster Truck Hall of Fame? We got into, we were able to get into the museum through the monster blog. Now, I actually found out of it on my own. I would follow, follow it along. But the good thing is, the benefit those may not know, the monster blog has sponsored the museum since it first began. And, and, and uh, that, 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 was, that, was, that was our ticket in, pun possibly intended. So, it's... And, and, and it was we through our connections at Monster Blog, we were able to get able to get in the Hall of Fame. That's how we did. That. So, what I was, I knew first. When I first met you, was you did a cool rendition of Gary Porter's interview back in two thousand and thirteen. Yes, it was, was twenty thirteen. Hall of Fame induction year. Yes, and, and that's when I first met you. But you know, and 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 you are like Dustin Park says a spikopelia of information about monster trucks, the stats, the the and 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 all that stuff going on. Um, was that always a treat to you from day one, or when did you start noticing about when you wanted to write information? Was it because of what you and your dad did at the start of the monster blog, or were you doing that previously before you guys worked with them? Well, I have been like collecting the info and, and, and storing it in the mental archives. You want to call it that. I've been doing that for years and years. Yeah. Because you have to ask me how I first got started at some point, but I have been watching monster truck videos, you know, basically my entire life. And I have been learning about these trucks and drivers, what they did, where they from various trucks driven and so on and so forth. And, and yeah, and the writing side of it, when it was again, when, when father and I got in with the monster blog, so I would, you know, I would, I would write the, write the written show summaries. And speaking of writing, excuse me if this is off topic, but the, the IMTM International Monster Truck Museum Hall of Fame it has has a newsletter that you can sub you can subscribe to for just fifty dollars a year. It's got truck profiles, driver personality profiles, upcoming events, and and articles written by yours truly. And so and I've been and staying on top of the monster business and collecting all the info for years and years now. I mean, followed it most of my life, and, and that was and so. The writing didn't come until much later. If that answers your so, question. there's a little bit of a, I guess, group in the monster truck world that loves to find the historical side of everything, uh, where this chassis went, uh, whatever happened to that chassis, who has their hands in that chassis today, 
uh, nostalgia stuff like that. Um, if you are interested in that, which I'm assuming you are, uh, have have you ever tried to look at the history of someone's chassis? Do you get do you like doing that too? Yeah, I'm. I I have tried Daniel, but you know, but I, I I'm I'm just gonna shoot straight here. That's one of my that's one of my weak points when it comes to monster knowledge. I'm sorry to damage anyone's opinion I mean, opinion of mine. I'm sorry if this this feel feels like I like I'm feels like people don't think so highly anymore. I'm sorry that's the case, but again, you know, I'm just gonna be honest with you here. And yeah, chassis lineage. Well, it's a fascinating subject to me. Don't get confused. But as far as as tracking chassis down and track ownerships. That's just one of my weak spots at Monster Truck Knowledge. It's all right. Uh, everyone, uh, there's some people that don't have the knowledge that you have about some of this stuff, about stats and who did what and what. It's all, it's all good fun. So, I mean, and um, so you go to the Monster Truck Hall of Fame Museum as a fan. You've been there, I believe, every single year, correct? They, yes, they not miss year. And they also, so sorry to interrupt you, Daniel, but I was also one of the fortunate few to be there the, for the filming of the virtual Hall of Fame in 2020. And so the one year they didn't have a Hall of Fame because COVID. I was about to say, didn't you ride in the Hercules truck? I did. Yeah. <laughs> for the benefit, for the benefit of those who may not, who who may be wondering what that experience was like, well, it's yeah, awfully bumpy going over those crush cars. Then when I then when I when I jumped down, I truly mean literally jumped down because so big, and yeah, and yeah, when I got I couldn't put hold my hand perfectly still because your adrenaline was going so good. And Daniel, get back to your question. Excuse me for the interruption. Oh no, no problem right there. Uh, we have a lot of cool, like Ryan E. Uh, he said, uh, Calif California monster truck shows aren't the same without you, Chris, for announcing. I'm so happy he is living his dream. So that that's pretty cool about, you know, that stuff. So let's talk about the announcing. How did you get your foot in the door for that, too? And, you know, well, honest, Daniel, the writing side is connected with the announcing side because – Jimmy Creighton, a bounty hunter, he invited my invited my parents and us to San Diego. And it was just a six-hour drive, still living in Phoenix back then. And that's how I first get in with WGS Motorsports, John Borba and company. And Lloyd Massey was one of their main announcers. And, and he and he took my questions about announcing, find your own identity, connecting with the fans, saying, saying a certain amount of time. And yeah, basically, I picked his brain about announcing, and then 2016, and right for World Finals, yeah, Lloyd sadly passed away. May you rest in peace. Yeah, but before that, when he's still alive, he he and I had done some test interviews on the microphone in San Diego every year. And so the so the first 21st Del Mar show, San Diego show after Lloyd Lloyd dies comes along and. John Borba and his children, and daughter Chelsea Kessler come along. By the way, shout out to everyone at WJS family. I'll never forget you all for giving me my start. And and John Kelsey turned turned to me and say, "Hey Christopher, you wanna you wanna you wanna actually announce this show? Didn't need to ask me twice. It's what I wanted ever since I was a kid." 
Man. So your experience as a monster truck announcer and stuff like that. Uh, you know, we were talking to Todd uh, last week about his prepping. Um, did, did they help you out or did you learn you learn about with announcing the prep, the information of the trucks that are there? Uh, you know, uh, any fun facts about the trucks, the damages, um, stuff like that. Let's talk about that. Uh, how did you portray or how did you prepare yourself for the prep of a monster truck show as an announcer? It was a mixture of learning on learning on the fly on the fly and and help for, help from my partners. Actually, both of what you mentioned there and and saying uh, I would actually write a script of mine ahead of time. Now I know that kind of might catch some people by surprise. Like Christopher, you don't need a script. You got things in your head. Well, and, and granted, I may not need it, but I think it would still be beneficial to have because in case this gets too far ahead of this, I just glance down on my script and pick up right where right where I left off. So. So having a having a pre having a script in front of me is, is dim, I mean, one way I like to prepare. Also, here's a little inside behind the scenes fact for 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 people like that kind of stuff. I actually speak to the drivers when I'm putting my script together to make sure they're make sure they approve. And yeah, I may sound strange, but the drivers sometimes can be very particular about what I say about them because maybe X truck did something before they actually drove it and thus they're not affiliated with that stat. So as far as the learning how it goes, it's actually a mixture of, of listening to listening to my partners, mentors and and, and adapting on the fly. And so also part when of the, you were about the prep I have oh. a script. Sorry about that. There's about maybe a second delay going on there. I, I, it's my fault, Chris. I'm sorry for cutting you in. Um, my my other question is, who did you look up to as announcing? I feel like a lot of the, the stories that you were talking about, you prepping, it kind of remind me a little bit what Joe Lowe would do. Um, was he one of your idols? And was there other announcers that prior to – being with the group out west uh that you looked at and you try to you know inform yourself about oh yes yeah there were and and, you know again i'm just gonna shoot straight and be honest here Uh, yeah i really really looked up to scott douglas and you know because i'm i'm i watch monster jam on speed basically its entire run more or less and he 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 truly was was my monster truck announcement I'm saying idol and one that I can think of right now. And although one one quick experience, I don't worry, I'll give you the cliff notes version of this story here. And, 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 and you don't have to, Chris. Year, you don't have to. Same, go ahead and tell the story full at full blast. No cliff notes. Just go ahead and do that. Okay there. Right. Yeah. In the very same year near that father and I first got into the into the the writing side of it, I, one of the shows we were at was the Army Armstrong himself. I mean, yes, and, you know, and he went on on to give me advice, and you know, advice that I carry with me right to this day, even as I approach my seventh year of my, as a monster truck announcing. He's his advice was to find a monster truck video or DVD, put it in the machinery, push the mute button. And call it and call it however I want. And Army's advice was so beneficial to me because the thing is, with this being videos or DVDs, it's pre-recorded. It's going to end the same way all the time. It's not a live crowd hanging on your every word. So if you so if you mess up or if you do good, but you but you thought you could do better, just 
pause, rewind, and, and then try again. And this was 2008, and when you know, when Army first gave this and first gave me this advice, as of as of broadcast date 2022, 14 years later, I'm still following his advice. Yeah, because you know, young me being 16 and looking and my announcer journey first beginning at that time, and yeah, if the Army Armstrong. And yeah, another announcer that I looked up to was going was going to was going to give me advice on becoming an announcer. Absolutely, I was going to listen. Man, so I'm going to put you on the spot, Chris. You know, you do a lot of stuff for the Monster Cast. What's up, Cam? What's up, uh, uh, that other guy, uh, Mason? Mason, <laughs> Mason Paul. He's going to get me. But um, Mr. Steve Hess is watching. He says, "Clear as day." Steve Hess is watching. So how about going to put you on the spot, Chris? Could you do some little fun facts about Steve Hess and the Nightmare Monster Truck? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. I do know that Steve Hess was one of the early, early members of the MTRA. Bob Chandler was there. George Carpenter was there. And Steve Hess was also there in the early days as well. Also, as far as the Nightmare Monster Truck goes... I do know that Nightmare first started out as a street truck. And we have that street truck at the Air National Monster Truck Museum and Hall of Fame right now. And it's, yeah, the truck was restored a few years ago and it's at the Monster Truck Museum right now. So he started out with the Nightmare street truck during Tug of Wars. But then when the the Fort Wayne Memorial Coliseum, you know, they said no more to Tug of Wars due safety problems. He first built Nightmare in, 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 into, into the monster truck. Yeah. I also understand that Steve Hess was full-on full full sponsored by GM during the first time in his career. And Steve, I see you're watching. So for, for everything you did and for getting into the Hall of Fame and for being a good friend, Steve Hess, I offer you this. All yours, Steve. There we go. Awesome. Thank you for watching, Steve. He's been a, he was a guest about two weeks ago, and he's been a very big supporter of this podcast. I do appreciate it. Thank you so much, Steve. And uh, I have to send you some decals uh, uh, for you. But, um, but man, uh, so let's talk about you know you, the the Monster Truck Hall of Fame Museum. You got when we first. I'll give a brief prelude. Um, he said, I salute you, Chris. Love you, buddy. Um, my prelude, there was at another museum, not in Butler, Indiana, in Auburn, Indiana, uh, the Cruise Museum, uh, big building. Uh, we were actually in the bingo hall uh, where the museum, where, well, the museum itself was in the trucks in the museum, but the product, when we debuted a new truck or we had the meet and greet, uh, the questionnaires, the collection, uh, the the RC monster truck racing. It was in the bingo hall itself. Well, a few years later back, they purchased a building in Butler, Indiana. Uh, it was, I think, an old VFW. Fraternity uh, yeah. of Eagles uh, Lodge. Old Eagles Lodge, actually. Yeah. Eagle, yes, thank you, Chris. Eagle, old Eagles Lodge. So we're at to the point right now. What, what, tell me, Chris, how did you get the chance to become uh, a curator, a person in the museum? How, what did the steps take for the museum to trust you 
to give them the knowing that you would represent the Monster Truck Hall of Fame to the general public, not just normal Monster Truck fans, but curious outlooks that want to take a look at the history of the Monster Trucks. What got you into that position? It was multiple steps collectively over the year, over the years, and and finally climaxing when I and when I was there for the filming of the Virtual Hall of Fame around in Hercules. Spent the first few years gradually building up a friendship and a good rapport with the high-ranking people and impressing them with my knowledge, not going to lie. Then I got my very first task, very first job with the International Monster Museum Hall of Fame in 2015, when throughout the current year I would follow along and and as significant people in the monster truck sport, sport they would die, I would list their name and their accomplishments and by a certain day before next number of days for the Hall of Fame, I would ship off the list to the high-ranking people, and and they and a decision would be made made on on that. So we and and thus their names would be put on plaques, and the plaque and and these plaques with the names of these famous these recognizable deceased people. They would be made. We take them to the Hall of Fame, and we would install them. And I still do that, that right to this day. And, and some of the people watching this say, "Christopher, working on dead people?" And yet that's so bottom of the bottom rung of the ladder. Maybe it is, but and, and back then I would take whatever opportunity the, the museum would give to me, and 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 that carried on for a few years. And then I and went, became part of the nominating committee, part of the actual process that chooses the Hall of Fame that I think we can get to later on. And do that for a few years. Finally, we go up to the – I'm lucky enough to be invited to the filming of the virtual Hall of Fame. And I'm seeing the new building and I think right as it is, right around time we close it. And, oh, boy, I walk up to Jeff. Not I say, hey Jeff, you want to curate your tour guide this museum? You have a volunteer and me, and 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 I I just didn't know what he was gonna say. And, and much to my surprise, he uh, he 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 shakes my outstretched hand. And he says, yeah, yes, Christopher, you'll be that's right for it. And then reality, then reality set in. And then I had the as after this, we have to fly back to Phoenix and have the incredible misfortune of telling my parents that we would be moving away from the Phoenix sunshine. Oh man, that's rough. So if a person comes into the, um, museum, what, what, you know, give us, give someone information about the museum that maybe is a treat or maybe not even know about it. Um, what, what's the cool sights and sounds, the sights to see in the museum? Um, oh, there's quite a lot, Daniel. I say we got you know, physical trucks, them, trucks themselves, trucks too, me attraction. Some are originals and others are rebuilds, interestingly enough. And, uh, we also have display cases full of vintage classic memorabilia, yearbooks, VHS tapes, and, you know, T-shirts, things like that. We also have, have photographs and video footage that mm, 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 play, mm, playing or on display in that museum. Yeah. We also have race-worn body panels off of trucks. We have helmets and fire suits. Uh, mannequins show people what the drivers wore. We have trophies. And we we try to we try to cover every base of the monster truck industry that we possibly can. And yeah, we're we try to get close to the line of overwhelming where it's almost too much without actually going over that line. And I think we're very very close to that spot. I do admit that I'm biased because I work there, but I think we're very, very close to it. 
So, uh-huh. you know, there's, there's very, if we're, we try to have close to something for everything for some, for some sort of monster truck fan. Mm-hmm. And I like to think, like to think we like to think we're there. We have accomplished that goal. And people may not know that you have two world, you have three world champion monster trucks there too. Sorry, Daniel, just clarifying. Do you mean, do you mean championship winning trucks or, or championship drivers in our hall of fame? Do you mean? I'm talking about in the museum. You have three name monster trucks there with world championship caliber names. Yeah, well, we do. Well, yeah, well, we we do have a Bigfoot truck in there. That's true. However, just to clarify, it's Bigfoot number twelve, which which the late great Ron Bachman made name made famous as a display truck. So, oh, championship winning member of the Bigfoot team, championship represented Bigfoot team. Yes. But not exactly that truck. And yeah, and also we do have also we do have Taurus in there, Taurus Racer. And and for those of you who think, wait a second, Taurus Racer that was just shy of eight thousand pounds at one point. Yep, that Taurus. And and also we so we do have, also have a barefoot truck in there, but it's got has this restored blue Chevy barefoot. So it was so again, Daniel, excuse me if I'm getting over technical here, but yeah, the the names on the trucks in win championships at Bigfoot and Barefoot, but not those trucks specifically. Although, excuse me, if, excuse me if I'm. That's all right. That's why I was mentioning about the names of the truck. But you do have two world champion physical championship trucks there with Taurus and Equalizer. Yeah, well, we don't have Equalizer right now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it was taken out a number of months ago to get an engine restored, and and it was to get ready for the TNT Unfinished Business event we had this past year. And as yeah, the owner still has access to it. And for the benefit of the people watching, who are like, oh man, no Equalizer. Don't worry. Some of the trucks are permanent; others are rotational. But don't be afraid to come back to the museum. Just because you'll see a truck, won't see a truck there now. By no means mean it will never be there. Monster trucks are a never-say-never business. So don't be afraid to come back. And also, uh, people may not see it, probably be new to this, know that there's another side, another form of monster trucks, which my bosses have donated for the Hall of Fame. Uh, They have at the Hall of Fame... Uh, the museum, a monster tank. It's true. We do. We have the heavy metal monster tanks. And uh, yeah, tell you what, Daniel, I'll, I'll let you on, a, on a, from behind, behind the door fact here. That monster tank, heavy metal, is one of, if not officially, the most asked about vehicle you know, with behind our walls are right now. It's now going to the diehards, you know, hardcore, longtime followers like myself. We're familiar with it. Yeah. Yeah, but vir- virtually all, and again, you know, I'm not trying to insult anyone. I'm just just shooting straight here. <laughs> virtually all of the diehards, the hardcore fans that come to the museum, come during one of our one of our two live live shows per year, or during our Hall of Fame. So they know, like your average family, a set of parents who's taking bringing their kids here because they love monster trucks. They don't have a clue about the monster tanks. They they, they, they see a, a tank truck like, well, what the heck is this? And I, and, and from there, I, I'm you know I explain it and, and it's and it feels so good to to share my knowledge of knowledge of monster trucks and you know, you know with the public. And again, chances are a lot. Of people, you know, I'm not expecting anyone to remember every last word of my tour when I've done with them. Them, but it, it, it feels it feels like an honor to. And to be sharing my knowledge of and the history of the sport with these people because 
any one of them, any one of those those, those six year old kids, you know, it's, you know, you know, you know, could and could want to come back and 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 then carry the information even deeper in the future at sixteen or seventeen. Who knows? So let's go with that. I'm gonna put you on the hot seat again. So uh, we have our fans, but we have people that just pop in and out of this podcast. We have people also listen to us in the podcast itself. Maybe you can help out, and maybe uh, you can explain about the monster tank craze that happened you know, in the monster truck world. So if you want to do an explanation of the monster tank and uh, what, what would you tell the average fan about it? Yeah. I think I love to chief glad to the first monster tank started showing up in the mid 1980s, the charge led by the Virginia beach beast. Eventually there are so many of these tanks that one event in one stadium in one city would see the big wheel trucks race each other in one division the tanks race each other in a separate division, and to end the show, the winning tank can race the winning race winning truck. Yeah, and for reference sake, and you're probably aware of this, Cheech. One of the most famous example of this is Jim Cramer Bigfoot Seven versus Bob Chandler Bigfoot Fast Tracks of Pontiac Silverdome in '89. It's you know for for example's sake, but while the big wheel trucks stuck around for a very long time, the tanks did not. Two reasons for this: one, they were extremely heavy and had minimal suspensions, made them extremely rough ride. How heavy the people watching this might ask? Well, then, well, the heavy metal monster tank, and Tim Hall told me himself, so I trust him. That heavy metal tank in there is 19,700 pounds. For comparison's sake, I think the Goliath right next to it is about 16 or 17,000 pounds, so incredibly heavy. And second and bigger reason by the tank's downfall is because they were so heavy. That when jumping the crush cars on bare concrete floors, they would land, they would rip chunks of concrete out of the arena floors. Or other times, they would break a water main underneath and spring a leak. Arena management was going to make their feelings crystal clear on that matter. So, with the list of arenas you know, allowing the tanks to perform continuing to shrink, and the drivers reluctant to take the chances to perform in the tank that they got, being so heavy and so bouncy, the tank phase was over by the early 90s, and... They've only made sporadic one-off appearances ever since. It's a phase that wasn't very long in the business, but it's just long enough to be part of the history. Do you think uh, we'll be seeing any, you know, I know we have monster, I mean, a very few, I think very few Hall of Famers now that started their career in the monster tank world, like Mark and Tim Hall. Uh, I know Fred had one, Bob had one, um, I know we'll probably see just a very few, maybe Will Towns. Uh, do you see that in the future of the Hall of Fame, seeing maybe a few Monster Tank uh, drivers okay. in the Hall Any, of Fame? Anything's possible. Never say never. Hey, uh, Michael Vodders had the Battle Cat Tank, too. And he was yeah. inducted in 2014. And right. Equalizer with uh, Deal Wilson. Yes, the, yes that, that one, too. And, yes. uh, you know, that, that, that was... Uh, uh, all sort, uh, and then Alan Tura with Goliath. He also had uh, Monster Tank. Uh, I think it was mm -hmm. Son of Goliath. Yep, um, that's it. You know, there was a lot of monster truck owner tire owners that had tanks, but very few, I think, in the Hall of Fame group that started out with a tank, then with monster truck tires uh, in that list. But I mean, right. there's all sorts of them in general, but. Uh, you know, the, 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 that's the cool thing about the history of the Hall of Fame. And then you see all the um, 
all the memorabilia. Uh, you know, not to mention that the guy who runs the building is also the guy who created Excalibur. Uh, you know, the maintenance side of everything, you know, <laughs> and, and uh, uh, Mike's still there, right? It's Oh yeah, Mike Nichols, one of our biggest supporters. He's often there to enter to help prep for our two live monster truck shows per year. And by the way, I, 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 I'm sorry, Daniel, but I, I think I'll think I'll mention those those while I'm here while we're on the subject. The monster truck, international monster truck museum, all famous two live shows per year, and third weekend of May and end of September, respectively. So then, you know, follow the museum website and Facebook page when those shows are coming up and. And when you can buy tickets, so hopefully you can come. Man, yeah, talk. Yeah, that's cool stuff going on there. And then you know, you said the, the newsletter. Uh, how can someone be a member of the Monster Truck Hall of Fame Museum? And yeah, well, you know, well, again, for the newsletter is it's part of the subscription, which is fifty dollars a year, and yeah, the the museum team will well, you know, it's time to renew and. Um, and you and you get the new, get the newsletter ship ship to your ship to your mailbox, and it's, and again truck first profiles personality profiles all the latest news and yeah and yeah news from the executive director and Jeff Deck Jeff Cook's own desk and 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 those articles written by me. It's and. And by the way, Daniel, one other thing I want to get off my chest is that before anyone asks me in the comments, Chris, who do you want to see in the Hall of Fame? Or, you know, Chris, whose truck do you want? I hope to call the Hall of Fame someday. Sorry, I'm not going to answer those kind of questions because I don't want to show any kind of favoritism. Yes. Yeah, we As, got those questions. <laughs> I haven't asked you about that and don't need to be. So um, let's talk about – let's talk about the – I think didn't you hold a collection – Um. Yeah. Refresh my mind here. I I knew there was yeah. touring collectible few... trade expo. Yes, talk about that. Yes, I uh, well, I like to call that was my co-creation. I want to say that because uh, yeah, it, it was my idea, and it's uh, you know we get the invite back to the might come to the filming of the virtual hall of fame because uh, yeah, my public speeches were still a big hit back then, and they wanted to part include me. So and when we go when we go up there. Yeah, I, I'm so I'm so sorry, Daniel. Can we please repeat the question? I lost a train of thought there. Uh, it's okay. We're, let's talk about your uh, the, the toy collection expo. Oh, that's right. what Thank we're trying you. to talk about. Thank you. A few days before we fly out for that, and, you know, and I'm just relaxing in my easy chair, trying trying to think of something different, something that the monster truck world has done before. And then there's the there's the light bulb over my head type of moment. I I can't stop thinking about it. So I get my computer and I come up with the idea of the and what was eventually finalized to be the toy and collectible show and and expo because my idea came from the comic con world where people will bring out their collections and they'll put it on display at their tables and and if possible they will buy sell and trade among each other and uh, me having a somewhat creative mind as well as a statistical mind i'm trying to come up with different stuff that the monster truck as in world hasn't hasn't done before and at least in my personal opinion again no offense to the people like both monster trucks and comic books out there but when i see it what's good for the comic book world is good for the monster truck world especially since no one had ever done this before so i write it into a little business a little pitch thing i i, I print it headed off to jeff when i'm there in november 2020 and then uh, roughly a year and a half later on march of 22 2022 it finally comes to fruition and i felt real good to see a co-creation of mine come to life like that and 
hopefully it gradually gets bigger as time goes on. We're going to have a fun little question here for you. And it's from Chris Kilgerberger. Uh, sorry for ruining your last name, but he says, uh, your dad told me that you like to do karaoke. What's your favorite go-to song? Ooh, very it's a question. That would definitely be me party hard by Andrew WK. When it's time to party, we will always party hard. And, and, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'll just leave it at that because I because I don't want this video to be hit with an anti-music copyright strike. <laughs> yeah. no, but anyway, that's right. that's something else interesting. Yeah. I mean, we play all the Hall of Fame members' videos on Infinite Loop at one of the TVs that we have at the Hall of Fame, and and, and anyone who's been to our Hall of Fames, you know, anytime will know, and you know, our videography team, team will apply a certain piece of music or a song relevant to the Hall of Famer and in their Hall of Fame tribute video, and. And found out that "Party Hard" by Andrew W.K. He's the artist, and, and that was the theme song attached to to Aaron Polburn, or it's the Thunder Nationals promoter. That was his um, his all fate tribute song, and and, and me being a rock and roller, it, I, I didn't. It wasn't the love the first time I heard it, but I didn't. And yeah, but I I I would I definitely I definitely began to grow on me and. And um, it truly is one of my fav favorite songs out there, much to my father's chagrin. <laughs> uh, Lee Plato uh, from uh, the Skull Crusher team and uh, Scattered uh, Good people. said, uh, are you, will you see that? Oh, okay. Chris, will we see you announcing at Del Mar this year for the WAGS WGAS group again? Oh, in, in, in the future, it's definitely possible. And again, Lee, I'm I'm sorry to cause any disappointment here. We're we're still friends, don't get me wrong. But again, you know, I'm just gonna shoot straight here. It's, you know, I'm I I can't go. It would be unrealistic to expect to go in Del Mar every year. I honestly, don't think I'm gonna be going there. I'm not gonna be going there every single year. You know, like I used to. I'm gonna try to make it out there when I can, whenever whenever possible. Don't get me wrong, but the way airfare is, because you know, I can't drive out there. Yeah, at least, at least not in six hours anymore. Yeah, it's now is this the end of Chris Brown at Del Mar? Is it over? No, I'm not saying that. This is very much a never say never business. However, unfortunately, don't expect me to be coming me coming back every single year. I mean, will I mean will I be back someday? Oh yeah, most likely. I owe so much to Del Mar because it was in a place where I got my announcing start, as I mentioned back there, and during the announcing segment, but. Yes, I uh, I really very slightly, but don't expect me to come back every single year. So, do you do the announcing for the Hall of Fame shows? Oh yes, yeah, uh, yes I do. Yes, and uh, I partnered up with Jeff. Uh, I'm, and interestingly enough, I uh, almost gave away one of my partner names. Excuse me about that. But the um, oftentimes, uh, you know, given what this missed mystery person involved you also go back and forth throughout the day bring an announcer and a driver and and, and so um, there are times i'll be i'm announcing it all alone because my partner will be out dri driving the show and again i actually don't mind this i see it as a challenge and any challenge jim that I put in front of me i i take head on with everything i've got so that this is a challenge and challenges me to do my best when i'm all alone i uh, I, I actually think 
I, I absolutely, I absolutely like it. When I was speaking of challenges, Daniel, I know you didn't ask me about this, but you know, it is one story I, I want to put this out there. Hey, okay, go ahead. Hey, in my senior, early in my senior year of high school, the teacher asked us to write a paper on what we we're going to do with our life what we can do after school and all right, I'll be involved with the five ton, 1500 horsepower machines known as monster trucks. And get this, Daniel, get this. And yeah, I turn the paper on time and the teacher, not a student of mine, but the teacher gets up in front of the whole class. She says, Christopher, you'll never be involved with monster trucks. Little did she realize that I, that I privately, I tell myself challenge accepted. So all she, you know, she tried to deter me from my dream. All she did was give me more motivation than I could have ever had. And, it's, and this was in September of 2009. And it, again, it was July 2016, not even seven years later, where the very thing that cynical teacher said would never happen did happen. So inspired by that, I hope to inspire the young people of today to chase and catch their dreams, just as I did. Keep now, going, young people. Keep going. Now let's explain. My last question I want to know is um, the the speeches that you do at all the hall, most of the hall of fames, the prepping, the 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 um, the time, the sacrifice that you have to do to get these this uh, uh, you know this the speech that honor these great, awesome guys that paved the way for us fans and workers and you know the monster truck community to become where they are today what what got you going to that it seems like you like the right stuff in general but you seem like you take the ball and you take the you can handle the pressure you go ahead and you go head on on that um what does that mean to you taking that opportunity to write a speech and do the speech in front of all your peers it means a lot, but but, uh, but it's all, but it's also a lot of work too, Daniel. And you know, for the benefit of those who may not know, when uh, when I in my prime time of those public speaking years, when I, when I was doing those like, a lot, I would often have to be writing these these often months in advance. I'd start out around the same time the Hall of Fame inductees would be revealed because as it's uh, actually way more work than writing an article for the Monster Blog or newsletter because you got to make sure. You gotta make sure you don't. You want everything gotta sound positive. You don't want it sound anything remotely negative, and you don't want to uh, make sure you're giving to someone too much out versus too little. It's definitely a challenge to be neutral and to encompass everything in in a subject when writing a speech, and all the while trying to make it exciting and and enthusiastic. So, I, and so I'll. I would have to write and revise my speeches average two or three times and times before before I before I finally got it right. You know, back in, in glory days when I was doing that. So it, it would take it was it was way, way more work and, and that, I, that I made it seem. Um and and, and by the way, she's a not saying it's a big deal, not upset or anything, but yeah, you, you you have yet to ask me how I first got started, how it's how Moss Trucks for interest first got going in me well i kind of did when you're talking about your first memory and you could just continued on with that you know uh but if you want to talk about that you're more than welcome to right yeah okay yeah so i mentioned before that the first show i saw that first monster memory question that was, I was four years old however actually i first got hooked at age two 
They got, they got everything. If it had big wheels, I was nuts about it. it construction vehicles, for example. They got parents that would be driving by a construction site. And even if the construction vehicles let the front loaders just sitting still, not doing anything, I, young me was very captivated. And, and in the meantime, folks and I were living in Bothell, Washington at the time, the Seattle suburbs. And when my next door neighbors at the time, they had a Bigfoot toy and a, and a VHS tape, Blood, Sweat, and Gears. And, you know, for the, the tape collectors out there, may remember that as the video that climaxed with the Bigfoot Sergeant Slaughter tug-of-war. And also, that Bigfoot toy was the Hot Wheels Bigfoot, where you could take the big tires off, and there's little bitty, itty-bitty, tiny you know, transport tires underneath. And you know, my parents and my next-door neighbor's parents, who actually had the toy tape, they, you know, they, you know, they noticed how I was more, way more into the toy than them. And every time the trucks come on screen, I would just sit still, and, you know, stop what I was doing, and sit there captivated. Which, for a kid with autism, is is definitely quite the statement. So then, and my par parents noticed how how badly I was into this, and so they bought me my, uh, bought me my, my first and you know, Bigfoot VHS tape, Bigfoot King of the Monster Trucks. And you know, shout out to Mike Galloway for his involvement in that. If he don't know if he sees this or not, but you know, and and yeah, easy easiest babysitting tool you could imagine. Watch that, watch that videotape so much the footage wore out, and and that and that was that was the start that was the start of it all at age two. And again, like you mentioned, the entire second half of that story was in was four years old in Kansas Coliseum. So now we can so. And so now we got now I got both parts of my monster truck origins covered. There we go. All right, man. Is there any uh, social media people can follow you at? Yes, and yeah, and yeah, and yeah. You you can you can friend me on Facebook, and don't forget to follow the pages that I run: Monster Trucking with Jim and Chris on Facebook and Instagram. Monster Trucking with Jim and Chris, and I also follow Mike Welch Monster Trucks Freaks of Freestyle on Facebook and Facebook all alone. Now I don't quite post to the Mike post the Mike Welch page quite as quite as much as I used to, but I still do try to stay, uh, keep both pages updated. So, and by the All way, right. don't forget to follow the IMTM the International Monster Truck Museum and Hall of Fame on both Facebook and and the, and the website for like for upcoming upcoming events and all the info. There we go, man. Awesome, Chris. Thank you so much for being on. Um, Man, thank you for letting us know about the history of you and the Monster Hall of Fame Museum. And uh, man, thank you for being on. Yeah, glad to have glad to be on on here, Cheech. And and I only think these Monster Truck podcasts are are a great way to a great way to represent the sport of monster trucks in in the in the in the mainstream world, which is something something I am all for. Well, thank you. Thank you very much, Chris. All right, man. You take care, all right? Hey, hey, hey thanks very much. Hey, uh, thanks for having me again, Cheech. As we say in this business, Cheech, it's not it's not goodbye. It's see you later. Will do. Well, see you next time. All right, guys. That was Chris Allen. Uh, thank you for uh, uh, being on. Uh, thank you for what he has done as a curator and everything that he is also doing. Uh Man, once again, thank you for all the people that have helped out. Uh, Joseph Vester and High Octane Coffee, JConcepts.net, JB Scale Graphics, uh, Justin Stories, uh, the, uh, 
Back Channel Productions, MTRC, Hall Brothers Racing, Bradley Shaw Designs, 6B Apparel. Once again, go to this website, help us out. Go help Justin out with his book to $10 a pop and also on Amazon. Show some love. Also, if you guys feeling good, message us and we will hook you up some 6B merch. So uh, they're a little bit more expensive than normal, but it goes ahead and helps us out too. So once again, go to this spread shop, T-shirts, hats, pen, uh, I think uh, pennants, cups, stickers, stuff like that, hoodies. Go show some love, guys. Uh, next week I'll uh, show uh, – I'll give you whoever is in – Next week, um, and then the week after that will be, uh, no, next week's a Christmas special. Brad will be on next week. I believe next week's the Christmas special. I could be wrong. 13th? Nope, it's 20th. Next week's a Christmas special. So uh, once again, folks, and then uh, we'll, we'll just have a bunch of people on for the Christmas episode. It just... One, uh, just a bunch of people will be on, guys. So, uh, and then the week after that, we'll get ready for our up and coming Monster Jam uh, first quarter schedule. We'll have Kurt on. I think we'll have Mark on. Um, we'll have a couple people on getting ready for some first quarter stuff. So, uh, outside of like all the domains. So, and then uh, we'll go and schedule who our first guest for next year. So. Uh, well, guys, like Brad says, keep the rubber side down and the shiny side up. Uh, Brad, have fun. Guys, bombard, bomb. Brad's Facebook, congratulate him on this wedding that's coming up this weekend. It's going to mean the world to him. And uh, once again, check up on your friends. Talk to your friends. Have them listen. If they want to voice out, just listen to them. If it could be dumb or it may not be dumb, but you know, still be there for them. Uh, donate blood also. So guys, thank you again. This episode will be on, uh, here pretty soon, maybe tomorrow on Spotify and iTunes guys. Once again, thank you, Christopher Allen, uh, get a chance to go to the monster truck hall of fame and museum in Butler, Indiana. He'll help you make a tour and everything like that. Go take a look at the world championship tours. Scott Hess's barefoot, uh, Tim and Mark Hall's heavy metal tank. Um, the one that started it all. That was a $700 that Mark found in Farmer City, Illinois for $700. 700 bucks. And now look at what he they created now. Uh, one of the monster trucks out there right now that is sponsored by a major company. So... Uh, with both Hotsey and Ram trucks. So you can't, what, what a venture that is. But once again, guys, thank you so much for being on. Next week's a Christmas episode. We'll see what Brad has to do. Well, guys, let's Cheech. Have a good night. Like I said before, keep the rubber side down and the shiny side up. Peace. <laughs>